are back with another episode of Bully Ball, episode 10. My name is Jason Aponte. I am joined by Steph Sanchez. Steph, I hope you had a great holiday. I hope everyone else did. I hope all our listeners did. But Steph, in our Dynasty League, we met in the semifinals. How'd that go for you, Steph? <laughs> you did not just bring this up. Oh, I did. Pod. I just checked the, the score And the first thing, morning. too. Yep. You just yep. went right to it. Okay. Going right for it. All right. Well, okay. First, let me give the backstory because this is why this is why Jay is all all uh, <laughs> all salty about it because literally his only loss of the season. His team is thirteen and one this season, and the only loss he had was to me. And what mm-hmm. was my record at the time? Do you remember my record? No, you were actually uh, fumbling around, but that kind of kick started your your way in, it right? Did. It did. It did because I had Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. But uh, as we know, that did not go so well for me this week. Jalen Hurts didn't play, and Justin Fields only had, like, what, nine points, something like that. And I had to throw in some other guys in there because, like, I had other injuries that happened. And so I lost. I lost, Jay. You happy? I, I'm excited. I mean, I woke. I wanted to wait till this morning. I wanted to wait till this morning and so for all the stats to be absolutely set before you say anything because, uh, you know, last year – uh, Petty is a good color. Petty's my favorite color, uh, as Rob has in the background. Um, uh, last year, I remember fondly, um, I don't know if you remember, Najee Harris was playing in the last um, game of championship week. And I'm sitting there in a dynasty league, and I'm like, wow, I won. Yeah, his last run literally beat me in there. So that's why I, I don't count my chickens when it comes to that. But hey, Steph, I'm just joking. But I did. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're you had it that way. <laughs> you had a great season. You had a great season, you know, but it's time for me to go back and repeat. And I need Lamar Jackson right. back as soon as possible. But hey, anyway, nobody cares about our fantasy teams. What they do care about is this eight in a row victory winning streak for the San Francisco 49ers. This game this game was kind of hard for me to watch on uh, Noche Buena. I mean, it's just you have your family all there. Everybody's all loud and talking. Nobody really cares about your job or anything like that. But I, I, I did watch it again. So, Steph, some beginning thoughts before we get into the meat and potatoes of all this? In this game, I was I knew this was going to be a tougher test for this team, and this was, in a way, going to be a measuring stick uh, for how they did. And I, I feel like – Looking at how the first half went, especially for, you know, Brock Purdy and and them being only being able to score on the Ray Ray McLeod, um, you know, touchdown, which I think in the first half was about 80% of their total yards. Uh, yeah, Purdy only had uh, four of nine, 55 yards, and he had the interception. Uh, so I thought that in the second half, he, he really just blew the doors off of the uh, Washington Commanders, their game plan. Props to Kyle Shanahan as well, because I'm sure um, some of those adjustments were made by him. And I think the cool thing that we're seeing now, like all season we've been talking about the defense, defense, they've carried this team, right? And I think in these last few games, more than ever, I've felt like it's really been a team effort where, yeah, the defense has been great. But the offense has also been great. Special teams, that's that's something we, we haven't talked about much, but special teams as well, coaching, it's all coming together, and it's coming together at the perfect time. And we also have to remember, they've done this without Elijah Mitchell for half of these games. They're doing it without Debo for a few games now. And, of course, they're doing it with their third-string cornerback so, or quarterback. So, I, I mean, I think that tells you how much, you know, talent this team has and nobody wants smoke with the 49ers right now 
Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing because I think we know the defense, you can set your watch to it, but everybody always had question about the offense. It's kind of funny that the offense is taking flight now under Brock Purdy. And you have to give the kid credit, man. He just continues to overcome each challenge, never looks like everything's too big for him. These are things that you can pretty much say every single week about Brock Purdy. You have to be super impressed with him at this point. And, you know, the these next two games are going to be building valuable reps while looking for the number two seed, if possible. You know, maybe the Cardinals game, you, you dial it back a little bit. You get more Josh Johnson, a lot of the other guys, if there's nothing else to play for. But these are all valuable reps. And, and to, to do this against the number four ranked defense, I think people don't understand how good the Washington defense was. That return Chase Young for a little while in this game. Uh, you know, it just you, you just got to keep being impressed. And Kyle Shanahan's impressed because he was asked after the game. And I think we might as well just talk about this before we keep moving. Kyle Shanahan was asked after the game about next year's quarterback position. And he kind of gave an answer like, well, I don't even know what year it is uh, when the season's over. My goodness, he's so bad with these analogies and everything, you know. <laughs> I don't even know what the what year it is when the season's over. So pretty much we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Kind of opens the door for that. And I think it's fair to say that Brock Purdy has played well enough for, for this to be a discussion. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I I honestly hate thinking about that right now. I mean, yeah, is it is it fair to wonder what happens? Sure, is it necessary right now? No, not at all. We literally have an entire off season to talk about it. I'm sure that's going to be fun, you know. Uh, but oh. you know, simply what what I think about is like, just enjoy the ride. Like this this is something special with this team happening right before us. How they were able to you know, come back for, from starting the season, how they did and, you know, to where they are right, right now, there's no reason to start worrying about the hypotheticals. And that's one thing that the 49ers fandom is so great at worrying about the hypotheticals. Like they think about every scenario and discuss them. And, you know, especially before we even get there, it, it doesn't make sense. Right. Because I feel like what happens next year probably depends on what happens the rest of this season right and anything can happen the rest of this season Brock Purdy can win the Super Bowl and then you know what are we saying in the offseason well he should most definitely have the edge for the starting position next year but we don't know if that's going to happen right so in the meantime it, it's kind of pointless to discuss and here's what I think will happen um yeah like I said if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl I, I think he'll he'll be the favorite, but if not, I think they're going to go in, you know, competing with each other. We got to remember how much this team gave up for Trey Lance. And so just on that alone, they have to give him uh, every opportunity to, you know, prove himself. And I think they'll do that. Um, but, you know, aside from what happens in that competition, we don't know. So that that's just what I'm going to leave it at. I'm not going to think in circles, you know, trying to discuss what's going to happen next year. Yeah. And, you know, whatever cliche you want to pick, you can't lose your job due to injury, which that's not true. Um, you you what is it? If you have two quarterbacks and you have none, uh, I don't know about that. I think this is all a good problem to have. And, and again, I think a lot of what you said is so true. A lot of this goes on how the rest of this season goes. I mean, if Brock Purdy tears it up the rest of the way and they win the Super Bowl, like how could you not? look at him and say, man, he, he's he got to be the guy. And then you still have to account about what you gave up for Trey Lance. But 
again, it's another conversation for another day, but hypotheticals are what drive sports discussions, especially in 49ers, 49ers Twitter land, but nah, we'll see that for another day at this point. Yeah, 30 points in the second half uh, without Debo Samuel, like you, you talked about. Brandon Ayuk had, I think it was five for 83, but hello, George Kittle. Uh, two touchdowns again, four touchdowns in the last two games. Steph, is George Kittle all the way back? It kind of seems that way, but I would say that right now he's enjoying, well, I don't want to say he's enjoying Debo Samuel being out, but he's benefiting from Debo Samuel being out right. um, in the three games that Samuel has not played. He's averaging five targets, 84 yards, and at least one touchdown. So I, I think this is great for him. You know, it helps him build chemistry with Brock Purdy. And I think it shows Purdy's willingness to find guys open because I want to say that's kind of the difference in, in all of this. It's not so much, oh, all of a sudden Kyle Shanahan is, you know, using George Kittle. There was times in the first half of the season with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback that we see George Kittle open. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo didn't see him. Maybe he just didn't look downfield. You know, he, he doesn't get the ball. Could have been a touchdown in some of those plays as well. So I think that's a difference that we're seeing now. It's a combination of, you know, Debo Samuel being out there, so one less mouth to feed, and also just the way that Brock Purdy plays, his style, he's always looking for that open man, which I think is great. So this could be the start of something good going into the playoffs. And I think because Kittle has exploded so much, it could open up opportunities for other guys. It's kind of how they like to do it. They like to pepper one guy for a little bit and then like counter to someone else, you know, um, to kind of throw defenses off the set in a little bit. And so I like this. I think it's good for the team uh, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, and George Kittle actually is stealing touchdowns from everybody else at this point. Um, the the Ray Ray McLeod touchdown, if you notice, Brock Purdy throws it, and there's two guys in the area, which is generally not how Kyle Shanahan designs his plays or his route combinations. Pretty funny that George Kittle, while he said he did what he what he thought was right, which was run to the open area where nobody was, and that made sense, right? You don't stand around near defenders and you go that way. It almost feels like when Kittle was not getting targets, he's like, man, I've got to like soak up all of these. So he stole that one as well, too. Man, Mike Silver's back at it. Mike Silver is back at it, man. This guy wouldn't know, really, man. I'm blocked. Well, I wouldn't know either. I'm blocked as well. But streets are saying that there's an article out there saying that not only is Kittle rubbing Kyle the wrong way by not doing what he's asking him to do, that the 49ers may ask George Kittle to take less money. Um, how do I say this nicely? What the hell are you talking about, man? I mean, I look, you might know somebody that, that you know, obviously you've spoken to somebody in that locker room. Fine, you know. But that's absurd. Come on, man. For, why would they ask George Kittle to take less money when the cap is ready to explode, right? And and you're about to have seat increases over and over. And, and all you can do is just, if you want, send the money down the line and fix it and all that stuff. How are you going to ask George Kittle to take less money? Like, do you understand how much of a slap in the face it, and that is? And and this this kind of paints Kyle as a petty person, in terms of like, do what I say, or I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to take less money. My silver never change, man. The pot stirrer of it all. Like, even during an eight game win streak, this is this is what you're writing about at this point, man. Like, so you're not buying it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not buying it. What the hell? I mean, you know, I mean, I. 
I can't buy the, the Chronicle subscription anyway. I don't make that much money that. And then, you know, I'm blocked. So I don't really care anyway. But, yeah, it's just, goodness, man, this media, it, it's him in particular. It's not the media. It's him, man. Like, why? Why? After an eight-game win streak. Why, man? Just why? Yeah, it, it, it's unnecessary. And I don't. I don't know if I believe it either. I mean, can I believe that, you know, George Kittle is going rogue a little bit? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I could get his frustration. Right. You know? Um, but to, to think that Kyle Shanahan would be pissed off to the point of making him take less money. I don't, I don't think that's Kyle Shanahan's game. And that, that's also not really his decision. Like right. usually it's, it's like guys like Adam Peters or John Lynch who make those money decisions. Right. So yeah, I, I'm not buying that part. And the thing is, is you know, I should correct my we, well, we should correct ourselves. Uh, the the portion about Kittle taking less money was an article that was written earlier on in the season, and this one has a little bit more to do with Kyle and George having a bit of friction, and and George wanting more targets and saying that he needed to go off because T.J. Hawkinson went off in the same week. So, yeah, we have to make sure that we we say that correctly. So you know, we'll take a little bit of that back, Mike. Not all of it though. Not all of that. You really know how to stir <laughs> the pot though and get people going. But back to this game. Steph, how different in the last 525 of this game does the Nick Bosa sack on the two-point conversion, which doesn't, the two-point conversion, which doesn't count, doesn't count, unfortunately. Um, with Carson Wentz in the game, the 49ers knocked Heineke out and went, they went right back to Carson Wentz. What happens What happens in this game if it gets out of control? And hope Emmanuel Acho was watching. <laughs> Once again, right? It's a... Yeah. It's almost like Nick Bosa kind of heard the chirping, you know, mm -hmm. and had a had a silent Bosa, the, the Bosa. <laughs> No, but I I think that you know obviously if they had made that two point conversion, it it could be a different game, and the Commanders probably look to play the game uh, a little bit differently because at that point I believe it would have been a a one one uh, score game, correct? Yeah, yeah, it, it would have made a difference for sure because. You know, all of a sudden, when it's a one-score game, offenses play that a little bit differently. They could be a little bit more aggressive. So anything can happen. So, yeah, I mean, that's huge. And, yes, it's unfortunate that that doesn't get counted as a sack. It just counts as a failed two-point conversion. But these are the things that Nick Bosa is doing out there that isn't always quantified and it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. So when people like Emmanuel Acho – uh, still catching strays, by the way, over here. I don't know if he's catching <laughs> strays. I mean, it's not a stray if we're saying his name, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this one has his name on it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if if Bosa is, is making these plays and they're not on the stat sheet, like it's still very impactful. And it's no surprise, right, to, to people like us because it's what he's been doing um, all season. So, yeah, it would have been an entirely different game, I think, uh, you know, had he not made that stop. But he did, and and I'm happy about it. Yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa, two sacks, I think, in this game. Uh, DPOY, stop playing around with him. Two more games for him to continue this. I think he's five away from the record. So, hey, you know, uh, a Derek Carr game. you think game? he can do it? I don't know. I mean, uh, two against Derek Carr, three against Trace McSorley. Maybe, man. I mean, maybe. I mean, he'd have to play the entire game. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty tough, but hey, either way, incredible year from Nick Bosa, who continues to grow year after year somehow. Javon Kinlaw returned. I think him getting out of this game, more importantly, besides playing and not injured, is is the most important part, right? Yes. Um, Kyle said that he wanted to play more. Uh, Kyle said, nope, it's okay, but he did credit him for helping on the goal line stand as well, too. 
Steph, Javon Kinlaw's back. What does this do for this defensive line if he's able to, to return to form? I think it's great, right? I mean, obviously, it's a very, very small sample size. He only had 16 total snaps, so clearly they were easing him in. It's a good sign that, you know, he didn't have any setbacks or was feeling well after the game. So uh, I, I think that's good going forward. PFF had him with one tackle and one stop. And I haven't watched all 22 yet, but I'm sure when I do, I'll, I'll see him, you know, make a few plays because Kinlaw and his impact, it's very similar to Eric Armstead in that. Again, it, it's hard to quantify. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet most of the time, but he's going to help other guys on this defensive line get free just because he's so good at clogging up the middle. And that's something that the 49ers were missing. So I think his return can be huge for this team down the stretch if he can stay healthy. Um, again, it's a good sign that he came out of the game feeling good. Now, as they start to ramp him up a little bit, that's when, you know, we'll we'll keep checking up on this, right? Because mm -hmm. that's been the issue for him um, this season. And, but I'm sure throughout practice, like, they'll manage his reps and everything. So I, I think this is a good thing for the team, and especially because there are a lot of guys on the interior rotation that are hurt right now. So I think it's all the more important for Kinlaw to step in and step up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, it's it's going to be about getting him ready for Sunday. And that's it. Like at this point, you know, reps are valuable in practice, but he needs game reps. He needs to be conditioned. So you, you manage him throughout the week, put him in bubble wrap, get him ready. As long as he's not having any swelling in the knee, then then you're good. Just another piece, as there are other guys that are going to be back as well, too. So begs the question, is this team ready for the playoff stuff? What do you think with two games left? Uh, I would say they are right. And, and like I said, like th this game against the commanders was a, a huge test for them. I think it was going to be the measuring stick that we would kind of, uh, you know, gauge how they would possibly do in the playoffs going up against this defense. And yeah, I think they're the most dangerous team in the NFL right now because the 49ers are so balanced. So 30 or more points scored in five of their last eight games. And they're still holding opponents to an NFL best 15.3 points per game. And in their last three games, Brock Purdy's three starts, they lead the league in scoring margin by a lot, like mm -hmm. a lot. So they're beating opponents by an average of 17.7 points right now. And just to tell you how crazy that, that is, the second best is Jacksonville at plus 12 points. So mm -hmm. that... Uh, they're doing things that other teams just simply are not right now. And most everyone on this team knows what it takes to get to the playoffs. I think that's what makes me feel really good about this team. And, you know, they have the experience, they know what it takes to win those playoff games. And I think that goes a long way. Even some of these younger players, I mean, some of these rookies to know what it feels like to be part of this culture. I, it feels like they're already falling in line, right? Uh, that playing for a Super Bowl is what this team does. And look at Brock Purdy. He's helping this team. He's leading this team. And guys have really rallied behind him. So I think that's important. And every teammate, you know, seems to respect and play for each other. And I think that's going to go a long way when they get into the playoffs. They're ready. Yeah, this team is as ready as they're going to be. I think the only thing that can really get in their way is is injuries. That's it. That's really the only thing that can really get in, in the way of this team. Everybody else seems to be relatively healthy. Mooney Ward was in and out of this game. And I, I believe it was right when he left this game that all of a sudden they were like, well, throw the ball now, like throw it, you know, and, and uh, Mooney Ward has been incredible, man. He really has. But is, are you nervous about him coming in and out of games? Like is, is his 
is his absence more important than almost anybody on the defense at this point? It's up there. Like I, I wrote down like a few guys who I think would be too big of a loss to overcome because I I've credited this team for being able to overcome a lot of injuries right throughout the season. Cause there have been quite a few, but there are a few guys who I think they can't afford to lose Nick Bosa, Charverius Ward, Trent Williams, and I'd probably say Brock Purdy too, based on how he's been playing right now. And Injuries can derail any team in the playoffs, right? Like it, it wouldn't just be the 49ers. We're seeing Jalen Hurts dealing with a shoulder injury, and that's on his throwing shoulder. Uh, they just lost their right tackle, Lane Johnson, for a few weeks at least. Uh, the Bills lost Von Miller not too long ago. And so those teams, they've been able to continue to win uh, without those guys. But do we know if they'll continue to win without those guys in those big games in the playoffs? Because we know you need all hands on deck for those games. Um, so I don't know. And any team, it, it could impact any team. But I, I feel good about the fact that, yeah, the 49ers have done a good job of making those adjustments throughout the year. They have a next man up mentality across the board. And it's just part of the culture that they've built on this team. So I think – Anyone who gets that opportunity is going to rise to the occasion when given the chance. And that's why this regime as well has worked so hard to become as deep as they are because in the past injuries have derailed them. That's the only thing that I, th I think at this point. I mean, if they lose on their own volition against a team, that's fine. You know, I, I, I don't foresee that, especially with the way that the, the NFC has been looking at this point. You know, you can look at the Minnesota Vikings. You can tell that they aren't exactly world beaters. The Dallas Cowboys, not exactly world beaters. Even though they beat the Eagles, you know, Gardner Minshew put up 30-something points on them as well, too. So it looks like anybody can be beat, but it feels like as long as the 49ers are healthy, as long as they are rolling in, they look like the favorites at this point. They look like the team that nobody wants to play. They look like the team that should be punching their ticket on the way to Glendale, so... It, and it's just insane that we keep talking about this with a third string quarterback, like with with Brock Purdy, man. Like this season, the twists and turns, it just it just continues. But I think there's a little bit of a fatal flaw that has been kind of not a fatal flaw. Let me take that back. That's super dramatic. I take that back, Jason. There's something that's concerning me with this defense. This is probably the biggest thing that I've noticed. The secondary is getting beat. There's too many coverage busts. And there's too many, too many times that this happens where it leads to touchdowns. Now, does it lead to 14 points in one game? Does it lead to seven? Okay, you can make that distinction. But better teams are going to take advantage of these things, right? Tarano Hufanga at times is out of position. And we love him for how he's been playing. He deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. He turns the ball over. I love that. But at times, it's not only just him. Other guys are out of position at times. And they're, around, they're looking around at each other. And it leads to touchdowns. That can't happen in big moments. So it's not a fatal flaw, but it's definitely something I am 100% concerned about right now with this team, with this defense. I think that's fair. And the fact that we've noticed it means that other teams have probably noticed it even sooner than we did, right? Um, yes, that, that was one thing I was going to mention as well. And, you know, the, yes, this, this team is really good right now. So it's not us nitpicking. It's not us complaining. It's simply, you know, if this team had anything to improve on uh, before heading into the playoffs, this is something that I would highlight. And I can't imagine that, you know, the team hasn't also looked at this. So I, I think it's fair to, to mention 
And you mentioned Hufunga J. And after playing against Miami, he was quoted as saying, I took the cheese, yep. but I got to be lactose intolerant mm-hmm. now. Um, well, I think he still needs to work on it, you know? Yep. <laughs> and I think, again, like it's something that teams are seeing. I think at this point, like they're trying to bait him on it on things and seeing if he takes it and they're getting opportunities that way. And Funga's a very instinctual player. It's something that we applaud him for. It's something that makes him great, but it can also be a bad thing if you're making the wrong decision. Right. So, and not all coverage busts are who Funga's fault. So I'm not trying to pile on him and you know, yeah, exactly. So I'm just trying to point, I'm I'm not trying to point the finger. I'm just saying that this entire secondary can maybe do a better job of being lactose intolerant and you know i i think they do it because again i can't imagine that you know this isn't something that D'Amico hasn't noticed right i'm i'm sure that this defense is also going to be tightening up a bit come playoff time um but as of right now it's just something that we're we're kind of pointing out with something we've noticed that they can improve on and hopefully in these last two games or at least by playoff time you know they can they can clean that up yeah, and that's why Mooney Ward can't leave. That's why Mooney yeah. Ward has to be there, right? Like, you at least have to have the one guy that we know for a fact set our watch to everything else. D'Amador De- Lenore has filled in admirably. He's had some issues at times. If Samuel Womack's pressed into duty, um, love what he's been doing on special teams, but he's a, a rookie as well, too. So that's the thing. And I think Kyle Shanahan spoke about, you know, that he liked where Womack was on that one play uh, with McLaurin, but, you know, he just he, he couldn't make the play, didn't get his head around. So, look, you know, is it time to panic? Absolutely not. Would you say it's time for our viewers to crack each other's heads open and feast on the goo inside? No, that's my Simpsons reference, by the way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it's just something that's a, 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 a point of concern. That's it. Just a bit of concern. That's all. And we're not trying to rain on it. We're not trying to be Mike Silver and rain on the parade, right? Like we're not like it's not that, but it's you know we got to keep it a buck. Like at this point, it's probably the one thing that I've noticed that concerns me the most. Everything else seems to be rolling. I mean, the 49ers didn't run the ball particularly well in this game, but didn't seem to matter because they scored thirty points in in the second half. So it's it's just something that has been jumping out week after week, and I think I really started to notice it in the Chargers game, um, the first drive. You know, uh, it was a a, a coverage bust, and and and. That's what happened in Kansas City, right? Like, and if you do that against Kansas City, they're gonna pile up points. They're not just gonna take yards and everything. Like, they are gonna make you pay. So that that's kind of where I'm at with it. But let's give some gambling advice. Brock Purdy for offensive rookie of the year. He's now plus seven hundred, which is insane to think with two games left. Behind Garrett Wilson, who's minus two hundred, and Kenneth Walker plus four fifty. Steph, it's a smart money rolling in on Brock Purdy at this point. <laughs> Do you put down 10 and walk away with 70? Do you put down 100 and walk away with 700 or whatever the hell, however this works? Um, what do you I'm think? Right. <laughs> does, does, Brock, does Brock have a chance to win the offensive rookie of the year? Please don't take any gambling advice from us. Please. I mean, we, we can't even we can't helpers. even we can't even think about the odds correctly. So I mean, <laughs> we're all, we're also a rolling star here. Red flag, red flag, right there. Um, well, obviously, what has kept Brock Purdy out of the discussion? to this point is the fact that he hasn't played much. He's only played in four games. He only has three starts. And if you look at all the top five candidates, uh, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, Ken Walker, and Chris Olave, Purdy is only quarterback. So out of that group. So he might have the edge there because 
generally speaking, you know, quarterbacks seem to get, there's a bit of a bias, I guess, or they just typically get more recognition for these kinds of awards because, you know, it's seen as such an impactful position for the team. And, you know, I don't want to count other guys out. I mean, Kenny Pickett, he's in, isn't in the top five now, but he's someone who, you know, maybe if the Steelers win out can help his case. Wait, you know, Steph, but... you, don't want to, you don't want to count him out? Kenny Pickett? Yeah. I, I just I, I want to op- I want to leave the door open for any possibilities because again I'm not giving any gambling advice here. That's so. really that is really really smart. I advice. like to hedge. I like to hedge my bets. That's you know? a, that's very smart advice. Can I give some advice? I am counting out Kenny Pickett. Get his get him out of here. Get him out of here, man. I don't. He would have to throw five <laughs> touchdowns in the last two games each game. No way, not happening. He's out. He's out. No way. He's okay. Out. <laughs> that's fair that's fair i don't know i don't know anything about this stuff but <laughs> i could tell you and i don't watch a lot of kenny pickett you know i but i could tell you, you from what i've seen good, him for, prop- you. good for you <laughs> you know protecting my mental health and all that yeah but you know brock purdy based on what i've seen yeah he he absolutely deserves to be in the just the discussion just based on what he's been doing again it is a small sample size so i think that's the only thing going against him right now but if brock purdy is able to win out because i feel like out of all of the top five candidates right now he's also on the best team brock purdy is so i think that also gives him an edge um so i'm happy that he's getting the recognition of course but i don't need him to win i also i don't know him personally but based on you know seeing him speak and in pressers and things like that and things we've heard about him I don't think he cares so much about, you know, winning offensive rookie of the year. He wants to win the Super Bowl, right? right? So I think if he doesn't win, but he wins the Super Bowl, he would be perfectly fine with that. We'd all be perfectly fine with that. So I'm not going to bang the table. I'm not going to riot if he doesn't win, but happy that he's getting that recognition because he's been playing awesome. Yeah, and honestly, it probably looks more and more likely for Garrett Wilson. I mean, Mike White is back, so Zach Wilson's been relegated to healthy and active. That's definitely a step in the right direction for Garrett Wilson because if you watch the Jets, Unfortunately, like I have, um, Zach Wilson is just not playing well at all. So Garrett Wilson has a chance these last two weeks to go on a bit of a heater with Mike White playing. Um, so, you know, Kenneth Walker injured. He had a, he had a great start. He would have ran away with this thing if he would have played, you know, a little bit longer. But, you know, I think what you should do is if you take this money now, the plus 700, you are taking it with the idea of the odds wind up dropping if Brock Purdy goes out there and drops bombs in Vegas. And all of a sudden it goes from plus 700 to, you know, plus 100, you know, you you took it at plus 700. So now you're kind of thinking about the future. So that's how you should really be thinking about this bet. That's sound advice, Jay. Yeah. And and also, please gamble responsibly. Please only bet what you you can lose. Um, That's the best way I can put it. And if you know a friend who needs gambling help, there's uh, there's some hotline out there for it. But yeah, if you're taking this Brock Purdy bet right now, you're taking it with the idea of, I need to get this locked in now because I don't want to come back to it in week 18 and it's at minus 100 when you could make considerably less money. There we go. Look at that. We, we should add a gambling segment to it where we're both like, hey, we're not really good at this, but just listen to this. <laughs> like, what do you think about this? So, <laughs> I, think, I think that's the perfect place to end it. Um, make sure you guys subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Make sure you follow Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JasonAponte2103. Make sure you leave that five-star review so we can read it on here. Get your words out there. For Steph, for Jay, we're out of here. Peace.